we appreciate all those involved. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I want to point out to you and uh, give you a title for your notes this morning if you're a note taker, okay? And the note, uh, the note of the title would be this, Jesus came to model compassion. Jesus came to model compassion, okay? Luke chapter 10 in the Word of God, uh, verse 25 is where we're going to start. The scripture says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He said, how do I get to heaven? Okay, how do I get to heaven? If you you know everything, you're so smart, you're so wise, okay, how do I inherit this eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, As many times in scripture, we see this over and over in the Old Testament and in the New. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul, all of your strength and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, okay? These two coordinate. These two stay together. They're coupled together, and we can't can't break them apart. And then the, the man said, right, or Jesus said, right, he, he told him, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live forever. Do this and you will go to heaven. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say good amen right there. So the man wanted to justify his actions. Jesus said, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He wanted technicality. Okay, hey, really, I mean, who, who do I really need to be concerned with? Who do I need to focus on? And Jesus replied this way with the story. He said, a Jewish man, this man was a Jew, so he, he's, he's, he's telling you, hey, uh, the, the, the calling of God, the purpose of God on this Jewish people, okay? He said, so a Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits, They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. By chance, everybody say by chance. A priest came along, or let's say a pastor came along, okay? But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. He was on the same side of the street. Come on, somebody. He was on the same side and saw a troublesome situation and decided... I'm going to cross to the other side of the street, okay? And then it goes on, it says, a temple assistant, okay? Somebody who serves at Hope City Church, all right? Somebody serving at Hope City Church, not literally, okay? But a temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there. He was on the same side of the street and decided, hey, I'm going to take a look at, whoa, this is bad. This is terrible. This situation is terrible, all right? And look at it. What's it say? He looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. I'm, I'm going on the other side of the street. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Okay? Going over to him. There's a feeling of compassion. Then there's a moving 
of compassion. Do you see this right here? Right here in the scripture, it says, it says he went over, he soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. I need him to stay in this Airbnb, okay, until he gets better. Come on, can you hear what I'm saying to you? I'll pay. I need him to stay, okay? And then he says this, if, he, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Jesus said, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? And Jesus asked, uh, Jesus asked, and the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Go and do the same. Now, I know none of us in the building this morning have ever been driving down the road and saw a situation on the side of the road that we didn't go ahead and stop and help for. Amen? Amen. I know none of us have ever done that. But just in case you have, like I, I've been on, I, I've been heading out of town. I've been heading somewhere else and I couldn't stop, okay? And, and so I, I can see how the, the, the pastor or the priest or the temple assistant may have missed their mark for a second. They were probably on their way, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, his wife uh, texted him and said, dinner's at six. And so he's on, he's on his way home, right? He's going to get home, and once he gets home, everything's going to be better. But you, you've been driving down the road before, and maybe you've seen somebody broke down. Or maybe you've passed by somebody who was dealing with one of the worst times of their lives. And you maybe even said to yourself, like, I really don't know what to say. I, I really don't know how to help. So it's probably best if I just pass by and maybe even on the other side okay have you ever had a friend or an acquaintance that had a very difficult time whatever the difficult time was and you were trying to reach out you're you're, you're trying to encourage them you really do feel bad for the person you really do want to help but you keep on going you never pass by you never cross over. Come on, somebody. So I want to talk to you about that this morning. Point number one, Christians are good neighbors. Good neighbors, okay? I know you hear the jing, I know you hear the jingle right there. Like a good neighbor. State farm is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not always there, okay? Have some hail damage and they'll drop you. You know, no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> but Christians are good neighbors. Think about this. The Bible says that Christians love God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength, okay, and they love their neighbor as their self. So, hey, how, how do I take care of myself? I, I make sure I'm eating. I make sure I don't look like a bum all the time, okay? I like to look like a bum, okay, but but when I when I have to, I try to 
try to clean myself up. I'm making sure that, that, that I'm good mentally, physically, uh, all of these things. And Jesus identifies these two as the greatest commandments from the Old Testament. So, so as we see this, to love God is to passionately pursue his glory, passionately pursue his fame, passionately pursue his purposes. Amen? And then to love your neighbor is to compassionately and righteously, okay, responsibly seek his or her well-being. Amen. And these two are inseparable. You can't say, I love God with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength, but strength, but not my neighbor as myself. We can't say that. We can't be caught saying that. We can't be caught living in that space, okay? So as we see this, neighbors, they loan their resources expecting nothing in return. Amen? What kind of neighbor are you? Would you have stopped? Would you have crossed? Would you have helped? I mean, I, I think about it myself, like, are the bandits still here? Are, are those that just broke the law and nearly left this man for dead, are they still around? Because if they are, I don't want to be in that arena. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be in that space. But as Christ followers, leading requires some things of you. It requires some things of you. Number one, leading requires you to have compassion. To have compassion. Now compassion, okay, it, it, here's the definition. A feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. Watch this. Accompanied by do you see that? Accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So you feel something, then you do something. Am I, am I making sense? Compassion. You feel something, then you do something. Amen. If your feeling moves you, you have compassion. If there's no action, there is no compassion. Faith without works is dead. Amen. So we see this, and we understand this, okay? Second thing, leading requires you to have compassion. Leading requires you, you ready for it? To cross the street. Amen? To cross to the individual that you feel compassion for, and you see that, oh, Pastor Mike, I can fix this. I just won't feel compassion for nobody. That's not good leadership. That's not good Christianity, as a matter of fact. But watch this, to cross the street, because he didn't just feel for the man, I feel sorry, okay, but he moves towards him. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I love? How can I minister? I can't do everything, but I can do something right here. So he joins his action with the feeling, or he joins his feeling with the action, however you want to look at it. And he literally walks up on a crime scene, and he decides, I will go and do all I can. Amen? You've read the stories of crime scenes. And, and you watch different things that happen. There's, there's two different types of people. Heroes and those who flee. Hello? Heroes and those who flee. Okay? So watch this. He, he crosses, not necessarily knowing his or her nationality. 
He crosses not necessarily knowing their status, okay? You might see one of your friend's status on Facebook. It's complicated, okay, whatever. You know, he, he, he crosses the street anyways knowing that's complicated, okay? He crosses the street not necessarily knowing his or her name. He crossed not even knowing their family. I don't even know them. They don't live in my neighborhood. They don't live in my house. They're not family members with me, but I've got to do something. He crossed knowing this person was a mess. He crosses knowing he had, I've got something to clean the wounds with. I've got something to bring bandages to this man. I've got something to bring healing. I've got something that will bring strength and encouragement. He crossed knowing, i got a way to lift him up. He crossed knowing, i got a way to carry him to safety. He crossed knowing that he may not survive, but that's not going to stop me from trying to help. He crossed knowing, this is probably going to ruin my evening plans. Dinner at six. Amen. This might set me back financially. Or this might just be a plain inconvenience come on somebody the next thing leaders or Christ followers we are required to care we're required to care verse 31 says by chance the priest goes cruising by I don't think anything's by chance I don't think anything's by happenstance come on somebody I just don't look at it that way. Amen. I think that God has a plan and a purpose. And leaders are required to care. Christ followers are required to care. Why Why do we say that? Well, leaders ought to shake hands. We ought to show themselves friendly because they are and because they care. Not because I'm wearing a mask or I'm trying to fake anybody out, but because I literally care. You guys at the Christmas play or the Christmas parade yesterday, you guys know how I'll switch up on somebody super fast, okay? I walked up and I was like, I was like, hey, how you doing? Raiders fans, Raiders fans get an invite to Hope City Church, baby. Yes. Yeah, man. How you doing, dude? I hugged this guy. Come on to Hope City, all right? I cruise on down about half a block and I'm like, Chiefs fans. Get a get an invite to Hope City Church. Come on, man. Come out to Hope City Church. Hey, man, Mizzou fans. get So I'm just playing it all out, okay? Bama fans, they get an invite to Hope City. Come on, somebody. Amen? All right? Because I care. Dallas fans, they got to go somewhere else. But everybody else is welcome. Justin. Love you, Justin. He's got a seat in the back. I, I love you, man. Stay. We got security on him. But leaders care. It's why we do what we do. It's who we are. It's the heart of this church. It's the vision of this church. Amen. Leaders value others even when that value is unseen by so many others. Leaders show love. They don't talk about love. Leaders, they'll look you in the eye. They'll listen. They'll think about their words and respond. Amen? Leaders return their phone calls. Leaders will return a text. Leaders return an email, no matter how difficult that they might be. Amen? Because leaders engage. That's what it tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Listen, let love be 
in your heart. Let love be in your spirit. Okay, he says, he says right here in scripture, really love them. When you love, oh, when you love somebody, you say, hey, I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. I love you. I, love, I appreciate you. And they might be like, why are you hugging me? You know, because I love Raiders fans. Amen. Why are you hugging me? You know, whatever the, whatever the situation is. Watch this. Amen. Romans 12. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Okay. The next thing leaders do or the next thing Christ followers do. You ready? They follow up. They follow up. What did the, what the good Samaritan do? He followed up. He paid the Airbnb bill. Right? Hey, a few days. I, I, and I, I'm going to come back through here. If his bill is raised, I'm going to handle it. I'm going to take care of it. Praise God. Okay? It means a lot to help somebody. But following up on them is another level of caring. You know when you called that friend of yours and they're in the hospital and you maybe took them a meal? And then you call two or three days later? Hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Do you need anything? It's a whole nother level of care. It's a whole nother level of compassion. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I love this. That it, it showed about this good Samaritan. Not only did he help and he served. He, think about this. He was down, hands and knees. He's loving on this man. He's trying to encourage this guy back to health. Scripture says he came back. He came back. Amen. He was willing to pay for any extra cost for the complete healing of the helpless. I know a lot of times we can be like kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like I don't care any longer. I, I, I can't see the situation. It's okay. Hopefully somebody else will deal with it. But the scripture talks about this. He pre-plans his return to check up on the wounded. Maybe pick a day of the week. Maybe it's Monday, maybe it's Saturday, it makes me no difference, but pick a day of the week that you call the wounded. Pick a day of the week that you drop by the nursing home. Pick a day of the week that you call your friend that's hurting, that's been depressed, that's been frustrated. Pick a day of the week that you call and you connect with that friend of yours or family member of yours that's, on, that, that's addicted to something. You're trying to help them and encourage them along. Praise God. Point number two. Christians live a life of mercy. Who are you in the story? You're someone in the story. Scripture teaches us that we're someone in the story. You, you might be sitting here today as the one who was robbed. You were beaten. Criminal offense. Come on, somebody was taken upon you, your spirit, your life, and you're left for dead on the side of the road. And you feel as if no one cares about me. No one's coming to my rescue. No one has my current GPS location. And you're thinking to yourself, nobody cares. That's what the enemy does to each and every one of us. He'll put you in a place, he'll put you in a space that you'll say to yourself, no one cares. I'm on an island all by myself. Nobody can understand where I'm at. Nobody understands my struggle. I'm struggling like this. They can't see my struggle. I'm doing everything I can to hide the struggle. Amen. And I was once that person. But a man named Jesus came and rescued me. A man named Jesus came alongside of the road where I was laid out dead in a ditch mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I wanted to take my own life. And Jesus comes by as the good Samaritan and says, hey, I can't leave you here. Will not leave you here. Amen. 
and Jesus saved me. He crossed over to my side of the street. He bandaged me. Amen. He, he, he lifted me up. He took me to safety, and he always returns back to check, to check in on me. Hey, how are you doing? What's happening in your heart? What's happening in your life? Why are you acting like that? Why you got an attitude? Come on, somebody. Maybe he doesn't talk to you that way. He talks to me a little bit different maybe. But Jesus showed up. Who are you in the story? Are you the priest? Think about this. Are you the pastor? Literally responsible for interpreting the law and officiating in the temple. And and you're guilty of crossing the street on the opposite side of the hurting. I say to myself, Michael, you can't, you, that's not what you, that's not who you are. That's not what you do. You don't ignore the hurting. You don't ignore the helpless. You don't ignore the frustrated. You don't ignore the religious. Amen. You come to them. What can I do? How can I serve? How can I help? This is the heart of who we should be, the heart of who we are. Amen. And priests, priests were literally called of God to care. Called of God to show compassion, to model compassion. Called of God to love. Amen. The scripture calls us each, it calls all of us priests and kings of God. Amen. Have you been dodging the helpless? Have you been dodging the hopeless? Oh, man. Bro, I'm getting a call. Oh, no. Send her to voicemail. Huh? Are you, are, are you are, would, would that be you in the story? It's time, listen, it's time to cross over to the right side of the street. It's time to cross. Who are you in the story? Are you the temple worker? You attend church. You assist the team. You assist the pastors. You, you serve. You set up. You lead. You help at school events, National Guard, lunch events. But are you guilty of cross? I want to kind of see what's happening. Oh, man, it looks terrible over here. It looks terrible. Got to get back to work. Got to get back to setting up and tearing down at Hope City Church. Come on, somebody. Amen. Guilty. Crossing the street on the opposite side. Have you been dodging the helpless? You've been dodging the hopeless. It's time to cross over to the other side. Or are you seeing the hurting? Oh, man, yesterday at that parade, the little kids are just shaking their bag like, give me some candy, give me a card, give me anything. Okay? And then we got on the back street. I had nothing but a Merry Christmas. Come on, somebody. Merry Christmas. Okay, I felt bad. I was like, we got quarters, pennies, anything. Can I fake it? You know, can I, hey, just drop something in their bag, right? Because I want to help people. How about this? Have you, have you seen the hurting? Have you passed by the guy or the girl that's been harassed by bullies? Maybe at school or even at work. Have you passed by the single mother with several children who could desperately use a hand? She's just going into the grocery store. Man, she got four kids. I'm going to wait until she gets here and open the door for her. Good grief. I mean, I could do something. Push her a grocery cart. Amen. Hey, here, here, here's a grocery cart. I know you're grabbing the kids out. Here you go. Take her grocery cart back and put it in the cart corral. That's so spiritual. It's so spiritual. I don't want to have to run it over, you know, trying to get into a parking lot. Have you passed by the pregnant girl? That's the topic of everyone's texts. 
Have you passed by the single adult because they're a little bit quiet, they're a little bit to themselves, they're a little bit different? Have you passed by someone because of their age differences? Too old for me. Too old for me to connect. Too young for me to connect. I ain't got time for all that. I got time to babysit. Have you passed by the athlete that's overwhelmed with stress and temptation? Have you passed by the tech geek that's lonely because no one talks to him or her? They got the geek squad over at Best Buy, you know. They're, they're proud of it. They're super excited about it, right? Have you passed by the coworker who's criticized or ridiculed because of his or her race? Have you passed by the kid that wears the same clothes every day or maybe even smells a bit because his family can't afford to pay the utility bills or buy him deodorant? Have you passed by the teacher who may be going through a divorce or a sickness and she's crazy cranky because they, your teacher, you think to yourself, I don't have... You know, they don't have problems. They don't maybe deserve, you know, I don't even deserve to know what they're going through. I just need to stay away from that teacher. Or have you passed by your next door neighbor, a friend, family member? Our last point this morning, Christians live compassionately. It's a feeling, listen, and an action. It's a feeling and an action toward them. It's a feeling and an action toward the event. It's a, it's a feeling and it's an action toward helping them in that place or in that space. Who are you in the story? You can't tell me you have compassion for something or someone and then do nothing for them. It doesn't equate. That's not the definition of compassion, especially biblical compassion. You can't tell me you have compassion for something as the worship team comes. You can't tell me you have compassion for someone and you do nothing to help them. See, compassion will force you forward. You ever had that feeling? You're like, I I saw, you know, it's raining. You know, got a single mom out here on the highway changing her tire. I got other things to do. I got other places to be. But you take the next exit. You come back. You turn around. You go all the way to the next exit. Come back. You turn around in that space where it says emergency vehicles only. And you jam across that gravel so the so the popo doesn't get you. Okay. And then you shoot up there to change a tire. That's compassion. Amen, that's a feeling of compassion and a doing. Listen listen to this, this is so good. Compassion will compel you to counteract. What happened, the criminal offense, and the good Samaritan said, I've got to counteract the action of the bandits. I've got to counteract the act of destruction, the act of death, the act of of killing this individual, stealing from them and robbing them and hurting them beyond comparison. I've got to counteract. So we we see this compassion will compel you to counteract. One of the things that had happened to this Jewish man who fell into the criminal intentions of these bandits was a counteraction of God, a counteraction of this good Samaritan. And the good Samaritan is a parallel of Jesus Christ. You're the only, you're, you're the Bible some people will ever read. Amen? Your hands doing good things. Your feet 
doing good things, your mouth doing good things, amen, your life doing good things, because Jesus came to bring healing, and Jesus came to bring provision, and Jesus came to bring restoration, he came to bring forgiveness, and I love that part, he returns over and over and over and over, until he finds you whole, amen, and then he'll still come back and check in on you. Because there's a new fellowship, there's a new friendship, there's a new connection that's life-altering. Amen. So that we're fulfilled and walking in our purpose. Who are you in the story? Are you the good Samaritan? You may have been despised and rejected by others, but your heart still wants to give. Your heart still wants to serve. Your heart still wants to love. Your heart still wants to extend a helping healing hand. I've got to get in there. I know they've rejected me before and they've hurt me before and they've, they, they've disregarded me before and they've ghosted me before but I'm going to go back. I'm going to check in because you've got a true relationship with Christ and you're imitating the compassion of Jesus Christ. Listen, we all need to cross to the other side of the helpless and the hopeless. Amen. And I love that part of verse 36 and 37. Who would Jesus define as the neighbor? The one who showed mercy. And he tells us, now go and do the same. Amen. Don't talk about doing it. You go and do. Amen. I can go and do, and you don't have to go and do, but scripture tells you to go and do. Am I making sense? So I can't go and do for you. You have to go and do. I love that. Ask Jesus to help you be moved with compassion. You say, Pastor Mike, I've done this before. You know, you see somebody, you're like, man, maybe I should give them $10. Maybe I should buy them lunch. Maybe they're going to do something illegal, immoral, or unethical with the $10 I'm going to give them. All right? But my heart was right. And my spirit was right. Amen. My life was right when I said, I've got, I wanna, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to do this. Now they have to choose to do right. Amen. They got to choose to do. I, I can't fix what they're going to do or not do. But I'm going to make sure, I'm going to try to do everything I can to bless them in that space. Amen. Amen. Tell Jesus you want to love him or her with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, and your strength. I want to love my neighbor as myself. And finally, tell Jesus you want to love your neighbor the way that he would love them. Amen. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? God, I thank you today for such a powerful God, powerful word. God, a strengthening word, an encouraging word. God, I believe this with all my, with all my heart, a hope-filled word that you're challenging us. And you're encouraging us, God. You're empowering us to go and do the same. To love on those around and about us. To strengthen those around and about us, God. God, there's people even in and among us right now, God. We can't even know the depth of their hurting. The depth of their brokenness. The depth, God, of their frustration. The depth of the criminal activity that was done and left them for dead. And I pray, God, that you'll give us each a heart of compassion. Not to feel it, 
not only to feel it, but to move upon it. Take action with our lives. Take action with our spirit. Take action with our minds and say, I can't leave this undone. I've got to bring healing to those around and about me in the name of Jesus. Amen. With heads bowed just for a moment, eyes closed, you say, Pastor Mike, I've found myself in this story and I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the Jewish person that's been robbed and left for dead. And I feel as if nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. Would you just slip your hand up and you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm hurting in a, in, a, in a difficult way. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus is in the house this morning. You might be in the house. You say, Pastor Mike, I, I've been ignoring a, a, a bit. I, I've been ignoring a bit the helpless and the hopeless. Can I see your hand this morning? That's, Pastor, that's me a bit. I, I don't want to lie about it. That's me. I've been driving by or walking by. or I, I know that there's some around and about me. God bless you. Hands all over the building. God, God bless you. Hands all over the building. You see, I've been kind of moving myself away from those situations because there's, there's a lot of work and a lot of turmoil there. God wants to touch you. I want you to pray this morning with me all together. If you need special prayer for anything as our prayer team comes, you need a healing in your body, a touch in your mind. You want us to lay hands on you. You're having a difficult a difficult time, a difficult situation. Listen, we're here to help you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to bring bandages upon you. Amen. To wash you with the washing of the word and the blood of Jesus Christ. The scripture teaches us that, that it will bring healing to our hearts and healing to our lives. Amen. You say, I need prayer, special prayer. We want to pray with you. We want to lay hands on We'd love to do that this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray those prayers. God, make me compassionate. Not just a feeling, God, but move me toward action. Move me toward loving on those around and about me. Would you take some time? Would you just take a few moments to talk to God as we sing, as we worship? And again, if you need special prayer for anything, come to the front. And we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to lay hands on you and strengthen you and encourage you minister unto you but would you slip those hands up all over the building pastor I need God to help me love the hopeless and the hurting slip up both those hands and let's just worship for just a few moments ask God for his touch his strength his blessing in Jesus name